Good morning, everyone. How are you today? Go ahead and have a seat. My name is Ben DiStefano. And uh, how about the worship team? They did a great job, didn't they? I, uh, I missed my cue to come up, so that was my fault. Um, so uh, starting off great today. So, so glad to be here with you today. Um, I want to say thank you um, to uh, the staff and the Board of Elders for the opportunity to share with you today. It is truly an honor and a privilege to be here. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, the passage that was read for us already this morning. As you're turning there, let me introduce uh, myself to you and my family. Um, again, my name is Ben DiStefano, and uh, uh, again, thankful for the opportunity to be able to share with you uh, today. Um, my wife and two of our four children are with us here today. My wife is Amy, and she's right there. Amy, um, Amy and I have been married for 27 years. And uh, she's a graduate of uh, Messiah College, uh, where she majored in uh, family studies and a minor in music. And uh, she is uh, the, the, the glue that keeps us together. Uh, she told me to tell you that I would not be here today without her, so I got that right. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's a joy to have her with us uh, today. We have four children, um, all of them now adults. And uh, our oldest is Anna. She is uh, a school teacher, public school teacher in Culpeper, Virginia. She's been there for two years now, so she's just finishing her second year uh, as a public school teacher teaching high school English. Uh, she's a Grove City College graduate. She moved to Culpeper again two years ago, found a great Baptist church, got connected there, a tremendous young adult ministry program, uh, reminiscent of the ones that were here uh, when I remember being here in in the past. Uh, she got connected with that young adult group. And wouldn't you know, she found a guy and she's getting married in September. So that's how that works. And uh, so we're, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Chris is a wonderful, godly Christian young man, and we are thankful uh, for him. Our second oldest is Megan. Megan uh, graduated from Liberty University about a year and a half ago uh, with a theater production uh, major. And uh, she uh, works with Wegmans. She's a department manager at Wegmans grocery stores. And she has been working with Wegmans all, all the way since she was 15 years old, all the way through their management training program. And when she graduated from Liberty, she moved back home and she stepped into that program. And and she had a dream. She had her eye on that dream. And two months ago, uh, she stepped into pursuing that dream. We moved her to New York City, uh, where she is with Wegmans as a department manager. And she will be opening the brand new store that Wegmans is building in Manhattan. So she's a theater major. Um, Wegmans' new store in Manhattan is located on Broadway. Don't you love it when God winks in your life, right? She's doing great. She's settling into New York City, finding a great church uh, to be a part of there as well. Uh, our third child, our son, Sam, is here with us today. Sam is a... Uh, Sam is a rising junior at Grove City College. Uh, he's an exercise science major. He'll, he's on the baseball team, um, and uh, he's uh, home for the summer. We're glad to have him home. Uh, he uh, works at Wegmans as well. You'll be able to see him there at Wegmans West, and uh, he also coaches Junior Legion Baseball uh, this summer. 
Our final child, our last, is Emma. Emma is here with us today as well. Emma is a high school senior, and she will be graduating on Thursday from Fairview High School. And uh, she plans to attend. Um, she plans to attend uh, the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown, where she will be majoring in nursing. And she has a roster spot um, on the softball team. Uh, Emma did uh, has been a, a great help uh, to us and uh, our church over the years. She's been my wife's uh, right hand girl uh, in children's ministry, helping with that, and especially during our COVID shutdown. Uh, Emma was the great videographer and editor for my wife's children's snippets that she would put uh, on online. I should say my son Sam is here. Uh, he who's here uh, attends uh, Covenant Presbyterian Church in uh, Sharon during the school year when he's there and has just recently been involved in teaching Sunday school there when he is able. The other two that are joining them, I'm not going to ask them to stand up. One is Sam's girlfriend, Janelle. The other is Zach, Sam's friend from college who is summering with us this year. So would you give my family a warm welcome? So as you can, as you can figure out, as you can figure out, uh, Amy and I, we're going to be empty nesters in September. And I remember a couple weeks, uh, a couple months ago, uh, Amy's sister asked us, she said, she said, what are you going to do as empty nesters? And we said, have fun. Like, I like, what, I don't even understand the question. We're going to have fun. And what we mean by that is that in our current, in our parenting style, in our parenting style, we always wanted to remember what was, enjoy the moment we were in, but also look forward to what was next. Remember what was, enjoy the moment you're in, look forward to what was next. And that is how we're trying to uh, manage the next season of life as well. You know, whatever God calls us to, whatever God wants us to do, whatever, wherever life leads us, wherever we go, whatever is next on the agenda, we want to remember the past. We want to enjoy the present. And we want to lean hard into the future. You know, when God whispers our name, we want to be able with a smile and with joy. We want to say yes to whatever God is inviting us to in this next season of life. So let me ask you a question. When was the last time you sensed God inviting you into something? When was the last time uh, that God whispered your name to lead you into maybe something new, a new adventure, a new season, or maybe into an unknown, or maybe that whisper was simply, be ready? Better yet, how did you react? How did you respond? How did you respond when you knew God was leading you in a certain direction? How did you respond when you knew that God was whispering your name about something? Now, for some of us, we may have grown up in, in churches or in church backgrounds where, where that's foreign to us. Like, I never, I never even thought of that. I never even thought of God whispering my name. I never even thought of God asking me to do something. I mean, I just get up and go to church on Sundays, right? I block out the weekend. I make sure I'm there on time. I get my coffee. You know, I'll come in. I got my Bible with me and, and, and I check it off my list and I move on. It's, it's not really like ever something I really thought about. I just, I just went to church. I just did life. 
Now, for others, for others of us, when we hear this, this concept of, of what is God saying to you or is God whispering your name, some of us think of these big, grandiose ideas of, of well, when God whispers my name, I've got to go change the world. I've got to uproot my family. I've got to move over here. Or I've got to do this or that. And we have these big, grand ideas. But what about the normal everyday? What about our normal everyday living? I don't know about you, but my life's a little humdrum. It's a little boring. Like following me around in a week, not real exciting. But I do believe that God whispers our name. I do believe that God speaks to us in these moments. I do believe that God says something to us as we develop our faith, as we grow in him, as we walk in him. And I just wonder, how do we respond in the normal, ordinary, everyday, humdrum life that we have when God whispers our name. Even if it's something as ordinary as opening our house to host a meal. A number of weeks ago, I was, I was drawn to Luke chapter 22. And as I was, as I was reading that that passage, the passage before us today, I, w- I was reminded, I was reminded of the power of a simple yes. The power of a simple yes. Because it is that power in that simple yes that places us in the story that God is writing. When we say yes to whatever God is asking of us, when we say yes to an invitation that God places on our heart or on our spirit, when we say a simple yes, the power of that is that it places us in the story that God is writing. Who we are, what we do, where we live, all matters. And it all plays a part in what God is doing around us what God is doing in our normal, everyday, boring life. God sees us. God knows us. And when he whispers to us and when he invites us to step into something, he's doing it to invite us into a story he's already writing. God is moving in his kingdom and he invites us to say yes and join him. Check out Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, verse 7 says this. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. Now, look at the level of detail that Luke records Jesus giving his disciples. Don't don't just rush over this. Look at the level of detail. He, Jesus replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large room upstairs, 
all furnished, make preparations there. Did you see it? As you enter the city, there's a certain area of town. A man carrying a jar. There's a specific person to look for. The house that he enters, a specific location. The owner of the house, another specific character playing out in the story. The owner of the house will say, you will say, you will say to the owner, the teacher asks. There's some kind of recognition. There's some kind of understanding. There's some kind of alert that went off. There was some kind some kind of probably networking that was already going on behind the scenes where the owner of the house knew that when the phrase, the teacher needs it, rang a bell, something clicked, it all made sense. Here in chapter 22, God's plan, God's impact in the world is not only in motion, but it's at its zenith. It's happening. Everything that, that the, the scriptures have been teaching, everything that Jesus had been leaning into was coming to this moment. And it was happening through the common, ordinary movements of everyday life, of normal, everyday people. We see a man carrying water. We see an event planner answering the knock on his door. All on a busy holiday weekend with thousands of people coming to town. But in the midst, in the midst of the ordinary, don't miss that it was that man with the water. And it was at that spot that you were to meet him. And it was that house that you were supposed to go to. And it was all on this particular weekend. And when the disciples approached that owner to the house, the owner simply said, yes. Yes, here's, here's the room. Yes, yes, you can use it. Yes, it's available. You see, when, when God does, when God moves, he does it in the ordinary, in the everyday, in the simple things. But he does it with an attention to detail. And when you put those two things together, it's the perfect combination for something extraordinary to happen. Think of the homeowner. What did the homeowner do in this passage? He answered the door, right? There was a knock on the door. Probably didn't sound like that, but. There was a knock on the door, and what did he do? He answered the door. The disciples said, the teacher needs the room. What did the homeowner say? Well, we don't know exactly what he said, but it's inferred, right? Okay, here it is. That's it. 
That's it. That's all the homeowner did. When his name was called, he answered the knock at the door and he said yes. And 2,000 years later, on every Easter weekend, we talk about his house. We talk about his yes. We talk about what happened in that house. In fact, in fact, 2,000 years later, we've given a name to that meeting place in his house, right? Do you know it? The upper room. I don't think when he was advertising in the local paper, event center places, he called it the upper room. I think what happened was he opened the door when God asked him for usage of it, and he simply said yes. But what happened through his yes was undeniable, was earth-shattering, would set would set things in motion for our redemption, right? What happened in that room that weekend? Jesus took the Passover meal, personalized it, and it is now the Lord's Supper and the communion that we share 2,000 years later. It happened in that upper room. What happened in that upper room, in the room of that man's house, when he opened his door and he said yes? Jesus bent his knee and washed the disciples' feet, and he showed them servant leadership. What happened in that upper room that day when he opened the door and said, yes, go ahead and use it? What happened in that upper room? We have the power and the teaching of what the Holy Spirit means to us and brings to us. What happened in that upper room when the man opened the door, said yes to God's request, and allowed the meeting place to happen in his room? What happened in that upper room was the betrayal of the Son of Man set in motion. You remember? Jesus looked at Judas and said, go do what you need to do in the upper room. It was a normal, ordinary day. All the guy did was answer the door. All he did was say yes. There are three takeaways I have from this story that I'd love to share with you. And and I just asked this question of, of what would happen in our lives if we, like the disciples, like the homeowner, if we would just say yes when God invites us into something. Three takeaways that, that I wrestle with, that I think through. What are the three takeaways in this story that if I just said yes, what might happen? What would lean me into saying yes? First of all, it's this. God doesn't move randomly. God does not move randomly. Our yes follows an invitation to join God in, in what he's already doing. Jesus had, Jesus at this point in Luke chapter 22, Jesus had already set his face towards Jerusalem. His disposition, his demeanor, his spirit was already set towards Jerusalem, towards the cross. He knew what was coming. He knew what weekend it was. He knew when it was going to take place. Jesus already knew what was going to happen. The plans were already in motion. The, the, the event was already happening. The events of the previous week, remember the weekend before was the triumphal entry, right? Right? It was already in motion. 
Joel Green, in his commentary on Luke, writes that Jesus is setting the stage for the events that need to unfold. He is no helpless victim, but actually, Jesus sets in motion the chain of events. So Jesus' invitation to the disciples and Jesus' invitation to the homeowner, it doesn't come out of thin air. It's not, Jesus didn't wake up that day and like, what are we going to do today? I don't know, let's, I don't know, go, let, let's go find a house to have a dinner at, right? The plans were already in motion. God's will was already unfolding. What God wanted to do in the world and in his people and in this community and through these disciples and this homeowner was already in motion. It was already happening, There was purpose behind the plan, and this is an invitation to be a part of something bigger. And that's good news for you and me, isn't it? That when God whispers our name, he's not wasting our time. He's not wasting his time. He's inviting us to step into something that is bigger than we are. And it's already in motion. God does not move randomly. When God whispers our name, he is not moving without forethought. Instead, we're invited to step into what he's already doing. God does not not move randomly. And secondly, God's not asking us to move and to act randomly. When God whispers our name, there's, there's always a context to the invitation and a context to our yes. There's an, there's an area, there's, there's a person, there's a people group, there's, a, there's a, a, a space that we are being called into because it fits who we are. When God whispers your name to go and and touch the life of somebody, to speak truth to someone, to just say yes to someone, to say hello to someone. When God whispers your name and invites you to step into something new. When God whispers your name and asks you to join him along the way, you may be surprised at what he's asking, but he's not. He's already prepared you. He's already put you you in the mind of the people and the places that you will be without them knowing who you are. You are already prepared for that. So we don't act randomly either. Our yes to what God is saying is not us doing something willy-nilly off the wall or from left field either. We may not understand it. We may not get it. We may not realize it. We may be called somewhere to do something. And our first thing when we get there is, did I get that right? Did that work? Am I missing something here? But the longer we stay with the yes, the longer we stay connected to what God has called us to, the more we see how God has been setting it up and working it out far more in advance than we could ever imagine. As I was putting this message together, I, was, um, uh, I ran into a, a friend of mine, a uh, former pastor in the community, and he now, he now works in a, uh, uh, as, a, as a salesman, a, a 
general salesman at a company in town where, where on any given month, he will interact with hundreds of different people. And as we, uh, as we ran into each other and I said hi to him, I said, hey, how are things going? He said, good, you know, I'm just, just heading to work, just, just heading to work. And he, he, he said to me, he said, you know, I, I pray every day that, that God would get me out of here. And I said to him, uh, we talked a little bit more and I allowed him to, to keep sharing. And when, when he was done, I said to him, well, I hear you, but maybe God has you there for a reason. And then I thought this week as I was preparing this, I thought if a pastor leaves a church and goes into the marketplace, does he ever stop being a pastor? This gentleman intersects with hundreds of people every month. He's put in a place that I couldn't reach. He meets people that I couldn't meet. He does things that I couldn't do. And for this season of his life, he's been called to that place, to that location, to that job, to that zip code, to that address, to work in that place. And until the call changes and until something moves and until something God calls his name somewhere else, my hope is that he leans into that every day, knowing how hard it is because again, it's normal everyday living, right? Normal, if I told you the business, you would know. Yeah, normal. I'd wake up too and wonder, I don't know if I want to go there. But we're called. All of us are called to a place, to a location. Who you are, what you're passionate about is not random. It's God birthed within you. And when we find when we find that place that God has called us to and it links together, that's when we just step back and see what God's going to do with it. There's a context to the invitation. There's a context to our yes. And finally, my third takeaway from this passage is this, that God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. In Luke chapter 22, verse 13, it says this, they left and, and found things. They left and found things. What's that next phrase? Just as Jesus had told them. They left and they found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover just as Jesus had told them. Do you hear the echo? Do you hear the echo of Luke chapter 19 and the week before this event happened when Jesus was about to enter into Jerusalem and he sent the disciples on ahead and he said, hey, I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need a colt. I'm gonna need a donkey. I need you to go down there. You're gonna find this guy. You're gonna, you're gonna untie the, the thing and you're gonna bring him back to me. And I'm going to go riding in on a donkey. And the disciples went. The disciples went into town. 
Those who were sent ahead, what does Luke 19.32 say? Those who were sent ahead went and found it. What's that phrase? Just as he told them. Do you hear the echo? Do you hear the echo to Luke chapter 2? Luke chapter 2. You know the Christmas story that we, uh, that we read every, every Christmas Eve? You know that, was it Linus reads it on peanuts every, every year? Do you hear the echo? You know, you know, remember the story? Out in the fields at night, shepherds were watching. And then the glory of the Lord shone around. The angels came, right? And they said, you got to go check out. You got to go find the baby. And the shepherds got up. They went in to find the baby. Mary, baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, right? I don't have time to get all the details right now, right? Right? You know the story, right? And what did it say about the shepherds when they left? It said that, it said they went home. They went home and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. Verse chapter two, verse 20. Praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Do you hear the echo? From the birth to the triumphal entry to the upper room discourse set up. Just as you've been told. Luke writes his gospel inspired by God in such a way to remind the people who would read it that Jesus and God can be trusted just as you've been told. Now look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. Remember what Jesus said in verse 10. He said to the disciples, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar, a jar of water will meet you. Will meet you. Verse 12, he will show you when you get to the owner's house, the owner, he will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished, make preparations there. You will meet this guy with the water. The owner of the house will show you. The verb tense in the original language is one of assertion. This is going to happen. When God whispers your name and he invites you into something, he's not rolling the dice and saying, I don't know if it's going to work out. Let's just take our best shot. When God invites us and calls us into something, he's not, he's not crossing his fingers or doing anything else thinking, boy, I hope everybody else got the memo that's supposed to be involved in this or else it's not going to happen the way I thought it would happen. When God whispers our name, he invites us into something that he's already doing already prepared you for. And you can trust him with it. When God invites us to join him, rest assured, whatever he's asking you to be a part of, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The Passover meal, the, the actions of that night, uh, the 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 going to the cross wasn't going to be deterred if Peter and John were like, ah, let's, let's go somewhere. Let's, let's go to McDonald's instead of wherever Jesus, like that was like, it wasn't going to stop. It was going to happen. Here's the thing. They just wouldn't have been in on it. He's inviting us to do something, to join him in what he's doing. What would happen if we said yes? What, what would happen in our lives? And I don't mean that in a like, will I get noticed? Will somebody remember my name? Because 
because man, nobody knows the owner of the house's name, but we know what he did. And what he did allowed the things of God to play out. I wonder, I wonder if like years later, he's with his friends hanging out, right? And his, and his, his friends are like, hey, did you hear, did you hear about uh, you know, the guy that opened his house and they had that upper room experience? And the guy was probably sitting there going, yeah, that was my house. Yeah, I was part of that. So this week, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you to look and listen to how God may be speaking to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, real quick, and I know I'm running out of time, real quick, this is a whole message for another day, but let me share with you three litmus tests that, that I put when, when I feel like I'm listening, I'm trying to hear God's name because that can be a little confusing in, in, at times. Okay, here's my three quick litmus tests, right? Does it align with the word of God? Okay, so if you're like, if you're coming up to me after the service, pastor, I just want you to, I feel like God's telling me to go rob a bank today. I'm gonna be like, I think that's wrong. First of all, it's Sunday, there's no banks open. So you made me a different plan. Secondly, that does not align with scripture. God is never gonna invite you into something that does not align with God's word. Secondly, I want you to, I want you to lean into the, the, the Holy Spirit. So I want you to trust the word of God and I want you to lean into the spirit of God. Do you have a peace about what God's asking you to do? Do you have a confidence about it? Is the Holy Spirit moving in your life as teacher, as convictor, as counselor? Is he moving in that way? Go back to John chapter 14, 15, 16. Read about the power and the work and the movement of the Holy Spirit. Is that how God is speaking to you? Do do those two things, the word of God and the spirit of God line up. And then the third thing, the third thing I would say this is how about the people of God? How about the people of God? How about the people that you've entrusted around you who are godly people, who are godly people that you've given permission to them to speak into your life, that when you tell them what you think God is saying, that they get excited for you, that they, that they even though they may not understand it, but they are encouraging or they're praying with you about it and you continue. And, and again, we live in a microwave society. Like we want everything now. I'm just telling you, God may be asking you to do something and it's not time yet. He's just, you know, uh, we just in the mail this week, we just got the invitation to our daughter's wedding. Glad I got invited. I told her I'm working that day. I'm walking her down the aisle and then doing the service. But we just got the invitation, right? Wedding's not till September. God may be inviting you to do something and he's just asking you, are you ready? So this week, would you just listen? Listen to what God is saying to you and then reflect. Maybe some of us need to reflect. Maybe some of us, God, you know what? You know what? Yeah, this, I, I remember now, God did whisper something to, my, to me. But I, I, thought, I thought I didn't fit. I thought I was too old. I thought it didn't work. I thought, how could God use me? Well, maybe this week, I'm just encouraging, maybe some of us, we just need to go back and reflect on something that God may have been whispering to us in the past because I believe this, that, that living a life where we say yes doesn't have an expiration date. And there's no retirement age. Sorry. There's no retirement age. And you may be like, well, what could God do with me? I don't know. Here's the thing. When God invites you, it's not your, it's not your challenge to figure out how God's going to use you. That's his job, right? 
Like God says, I want you to do something. You're like, God, I don't know. I can't, I can't do this or that. Like, so, and God's like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of that. I just want to know if you're in. I just want to know if you're in. Last, remember. So this week, would you listen? Would you reflect? And would you remember that in everything, God is faithful and trustworthy? You know, this week I was watching some of the business and worship sessions from uh, the Alliance General Council in Spokane. And I heard people telling their stories. Reporting on what um, has been happening domestically and internationally through the Alliance. People, people mentioned how they knew God was speaking to them and inviting them to be ready to be prepared for a new opportunity that was coming. One international worker uh, actually used this phrase, God whispered to us. On Friday night, after the new missionaries were commissioned and prayer was given, the assembly uh, raised their voice in song and they sang the old chorus, Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. You know, we may have never thought about it like this before, but when we come through these doors on a Sunday, we join a history of people who from downtown Erie to 11th and Sass to 2939 Zimmerly Road, who throughout their faith journey And the history of this church just said yes when God asked them and invited them. You join that history when you walk in these doors. You join join a movement. You join a denomination. You join an alliance of churches who lean into God and, and, and listen for what God may be doing in their lives. We find a faith where we believe that the God of creation loves us enough to speak to us first and then to whisper our name and invite us into what he's doing. It may not mean changing a job or moving across the country or around the world, but it may mean finding new purpose in the jobs we have. It may mean stepping into our schools and our neighborhoods, and it may mean opening our home to host a dinner in an upper room. The power of our simple yes is found when the invitation to step into what God is doing is answered. For the glory of God, the name of Christ, and the sake of the kingdom, and in the power of the Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this time today and we ask that by the power of your spirit, you would apply these truths to our hearts. That you would guide us in action, that you would guide us in thought, that you would guide us in our words as we interact with people all around us in our normal, ordinary, everyday life. Would you remind us that, that where we live and where we work and what we do, you have placed us there for purpose that you are not random and you are not asking us to do something random. 
You're just asking us to trust a God who is faithful. I pray, God, that your spirit would rest on us and give us hope. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.